beliefs should be questioned. As far back as Casper can remember, religion played a significant role in his life. My dad was Catholic. So every Sunday we were at Mass, Wednesday nights we were going for confession. I went to CCD. I learned all the catechisms and everything. I got confirmed. He hated it from the beginning, but quitting wasn't an option. I didn't really have that choice to go or not to go. It was, we're going to Mass, get in the car. And that was just how things were, until sometime in his mid-teens. Then I started going to this um, non-denominational type of church called Joyful Noise. A girl he liked had invited him. At first, he was only interested in her. But after a while, the teachings there began to appeal to him. Perhaps in part because they were critical of Catholicism. Among other things, they said that praying to the saints was idolatry. And I started hanging out with them and decided, you know what, they're right. You know, Catholics are worshipping these idols in a way. His father was still dragging him to confession, though, and Casper, characteristically, confronted one of the priests with his questions. And he told me, don't ask me any more of these questions. That's blasphemous, blah, blah, blah. You know, you need to repent and, I don't know, give me uh, whatever it was, like 20 Our Fathers and 10 Hail Marys or whatever. And I'm like, no. After several such encounters, Casper says he finally sat down and wrote a letter to the church that went something like this. I feel that the Catholic Church is nothing but a lie. I want nothing more to do with you people. Um, Please don't contact me anymore. Leave my family out of it. I'm old enough to make my own decisions. And if you don't like my decision, you can go fuck yourself. It wasn't received well. I got a lot of heat from my family about it because, of course, they contacted my dad before they even said anything to me. And, uh, yeah, my dad was like, I ought to break your fucking neck. What's the matter with you? (laughs) Although the letter caused him some trouble, Casper did get one thing he wanted. He no longer had to go to Mass. And so he was done with Catholicism, but not with God. He continued attending Joyful Noise and became more involved. And as he did so, he began to feel more and more guilty about all the trouble he was getting into. He couldn't stop himself, though, and he turned to God for help. I did the whole praying thing, like, God, you know, you got to help me out. I know I'm struggling. I know I'm doing bad things. You got to help me out. He finally decided that what he needed was to make a commitment to God, to go all in and to devote his life to ministry. And right before I graduated high school, I don't know, I had decided I'm going to get myself straight. I'm going to quit doing all the bad stuff, getting in trouble, everything else. I'm going to be a preacher. I'm going to do this. I'm going to get ordained. I'm going to be a man of the cloth and preach the gospel. We've already heard what happened after that. He enrolled in seminary. He planned on becoming both a pro fighter and a preacher, an evangelist who would promote God through fighting. But in seminary, when he really began to study the Bible and its history, instead of growing stronger in his faith, he lost it completely. It wasn't until he was back in prison that he would eventually join another church, an atheist one that promoted white supremacy. In this episode, we'll hear about how, even as he continued to lead his prison gang, he became a zealous follower of what's now known as the creativity movement. 
This is Hate No More, the story of one man's journey into and out of violent white supremacy. I'm Henry Rambo. Over the years, Casper has found himself in quite a few arguments with people over the relationship between white supremacy and Christianity. Contrary to what a lot of people think, most real hardcore white supremacists do not follow Abrahamic religion. The white supremacists Casper was closest to despised Christianity because, among other things, it was rooted in Judaism. In their eyes, to follow Christianity was to reject what they saw as the true religions of their race. Back in the early 90s, everybody was all on this Odinist kick. You know, this is the true religion of our people, blah, blah, blah. If you need a God in your life, honor the gods of your ancestors. Get away from Christianity and all that Abrahamic bullshit and look at the the European religions of old. You know, Druidism, Odinism. Casper acknowledges that there were exceptions to this such as Aryan nations and other groups. Although they were Christians, they believed in Christian identity, which is different areas of the white race are the 12 lost tribes of Israel. You know, white people are the only people the Bible was written for, blah, blah, blah. Casper did run into people with such beliefs in prison. And although they agreed on the main goals of the white supremacy movement, he didn't hesitate to let them know how he felt about their religion. Myself, being an atheist at the time, I was like, listen, we agree on a lot as far as, you know, the white race goes, but your religion is absolutely horrendous and based on bullshit. (laughs) They didn't like that. We'd argue about that, but we still would work together because we both had a common goal, which was to expand the white race. He felt like he'd been burned by religion more than enough and he didn't want any part of it. Then I get approached by these guys from Church of Creativity. Technically, back then, their official name was World Church of the Creator. They ended up having to change their name because they got sued by another group that already owned the rights to it. In any case, its name may make it sound benign, but it's not, and it's far-reaching. They're all over the world, not just here in the U.S., they're in the UK, Australia, Canada, all over the place. Casper says they're not a prison gang. But they do have a prison ministry, and they do have members that are incarcerated that they view as prisoners of war. This so-called war is what they perceive as the rest of the world's effort to eliminate the white race. This belief overlaps significantly with what Casper already believed, so it's no surprise that he got involved with them. And once he did, they had a big impact on him. That group plays a big part, not only in my progression as a white supremacist, but a big part in the reason why I left those beliefs. If I wouldn't have gotten involved with that group, I might have been, you know, a skinhead for a lot longer. There were two men from the church who initially approached him, and Casper only remembers their nicknames. One of them was the clear leader, at least in terms of his position in the church. His nickname was Priest, because he was an ordained minister of creativity. As for the other one... Everybody used to call him Nails, I guess because he had this habit of putting nails through a baseball bat and going after his victims with it. 
So he got the nickname Nails. Knowing that Casper was also a white supremacist, Priest and Nails started talking to him. And they tell me they want to talk to me about their church. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not interested in that, dude. Like, I don't do church. And they're like, no, 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 we understand. We're atheists, too. And I'm like, how the hell are you an atheist and have a church? Like, that doesn't make any sense. And they start talking to me about this white racial religion founded by Ben Classen in 1973. Ben Classen was a white supremacist politician who, among other things, was famous for popularizing the term racial holy war within the white power movement. Of course, these things resonated with Casper at the time. So I'm like, all right, I'll listen to it. The religion they described to him wasn't just white supremacist, but anti-Christian. They put it out there loud and proud. They were the most anti-Christian religion in the world because Christianity was formed by the Jews, of course, to bring about the fall of the white race. And their biggest piece of evidence is look at Rome. Rome was the greatest empire in the history of the world until they turned to Christianity. Because it so closely matched what he'd already come to believe, he thought it made sense. So I start listening to this crap now. And the way they presented it it's all this positive stuff and the same ideas I already had about education and keeping yourself healthy. Just as with the propaganda he'd heard before, the positive things helped lure him in. And it didn't take long. I don't know if it's maybe because I missed the fellowship of religion, but it probably only took me four or five months and I was ordering their religious books. I wanted all the information. I wanted to read everything written by Ben Klassen and any other creator out there. I wanted this stuff. I asked these guys, well, where can I get these books that you've been showing me? And they'd hand me, you know, some paperwork. Here you go. You can order them direct from our church. Casper says there were no restrictions at the time on what kinds of books inmates could order. Now, prison... In New Jersey, back in the 90s, you didn't have to have an approved publisher or anything like that. You could just order stuff and have it sent in, you know. And of course, when it gets there, they open the package, they look through it, let the dog sniff it, make sure there's no weapons or drugs in there, and then drop it off at your cell. Here you go. Here's here's your book. And often, hate groups would do whatever they could to make it easier for people to obtain their materials. In some places back then, knowing that you were in prison, they wouldn't charge you money. They would charge you stamps because they knew getting a hold of money or trying to get a money order or anything like that was difficult in certain prisons. So you could just go buy three, four books of stamps send that in in an envelope out to this place, and they'll send you a book. It wasn't long before Casper had devoured every book the church published, titles like The White Man's Bible and Building a Whiter and Brighter World. In hindsight, he now recognizes the writing for what it was. One thing I can say about their religious books and Ben Klassen's writing is word salad out the yin-yang. I could not make sense of most of this stuff, and I just thought it was because, well, he's 
well more educated than me. He uses a lot of big fucking words that I really don't know what they mean. And instead of going to look up these words and seeing if they were used in proper context, I just figured, yeah, fuck it. He knows what he's talking about. And he really didn't. In addition to the sort of pseudoscience about race that Casper was already familiar with, Klassen pushed strange ideas about medicine and health. He rejected germ theory and made up a regimen called salubrious living, which included strict rules about what you could eat. I started trying to follow the diet, you know, not eating any meat, raw fruits and vegetables. The idea was that you were supposed to live and eat as nature intended. According to them, man wasn't originally designed to eat meat. That's unnatural. Man should try and do the best he can to live off of you know, raw fruits and vegetables, nuts, grains, and cereals, you know, anything that's not manufactured. The goal was to reach your full potential as an uber white man. The only way you're going to be, you know, the uber white man is to get back to a natural state of being. Klassen's theory had implications for language and culture as well. They also push this freaking thing that Latin should be the white language. Um, everybody should learn Latin. I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Now you're starting to sound a little bit Catholic, so I'm going to pass on that one. But apart from his refusal to learn Latin, Casper was all in. Between end of 97 to middle of 99, I was hardcore in it. No smoking, no drinking coffee or soda and trying to stay away from all the processed, you know, stuff. Casper pushed his new religion on other members of SPS, but many of them weren't interested. I caught a bunch of shit from Baron about it, you know, because Baron was an atheist too, and he was like, ah, whatever, you know, go over there and pray to old Uncle Benny, you know, and I'm like, nobody prays to this guy. Like, he's, you know, we don't look at him like that. And he's like, ah, whatever, you're a religious nut. All religious nuts pray. However much of a nut Casper may have been, he says that his membership in SPS kept the Church of Creativity from fully embracing him. I could never actually be a a full-fledged member of creativity because I was in a prison gang. They try and buffer themselves from anything like that because they claim they don't promote or advocate for any type of violence. Casper can't mention this without pointing out a glaring instance of their hypocrisy. Yet, while I was practicing this religion, the leader of the church, Matthew Hale, ended up getting sentenced to 40 years in federal prison for trying to assassinate a federal judge. But they don't advocate for violence. Regardless of his misgivings, Casper remained involved for several years. And in the meantime, he continued to lead SPS along with the other co-founders. And one of the things he discovered about leadership was that dealing with people in your own group could be at least as difficult as dealing with your enemies. A common problem he faced was that many new members, after joining SPS, suddenly felt like they had the right to start trampling on anyone who wasn't white, and they expected Casper to support them whenever they did so. But you got to keep your guys in check. You know, you can't just let them go around and disrespect people for no reason. You can't just walk up to somebody and shove them out of your way and think that's going to go over. Like, that's going to start some shit that we don't need. Whenever he had to deal with this, people accused him of not being on their side. 
it's hard because you've got to discipline your guys and it makes it seem like you're standing up for your your enemy but it's like look man we got to let them have that like you were out of line you got to take some sanctions for that you know what's my sanction we're gonna let you go in the fucking shower and fight these two dudes why i gotta fight two of them because you're an asshole <laughs> like there's no weapons involved it's only gonna go so far we're not gonna let them beat you to death but you're gonna go in there and you're gonna take some fucking lumps for being a dickhead perhaps because of this there was one member who eventually decided to challenge casper a guy who went by the nickname havoc who had been getting more and more upset over time he approached me in the yard though and he was like hey you know i don't really like how things are running this that and the other thing whatever i don't think you're doing a good job blah 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 and i think i need to take over and be put on the council with you know baron johnny bobby and, and chris and i just kind of looked at him i was like dude are, are you trying to challenge me man and he's like well you know you take it however you want to take it you know he's like but you need to step down and that's all he had to say and i just cracked him Casper's signature punch from his days as a semi-pro fighter was a lightning-quick left hook. That's what he led with, and there were no guards to see it. Where the handball court was in Rawway, the, the tower couldn't really see into one corner, you know? So I chipped him up, then I picked him up, got him woke back up, you know, and I'm like, start walking. Go sit over here and sit on this fucking bench, you know? And I sit him down, and I just hold him point blank. I was like, I don't care what you like. It's the other four members in this fucking council that matter. You don't like it? Tough fucking titties. You don't ever come at me and challenge me for my position. The next time you do will be the last breath you take. Don't you ever try and challenge me again. He clearly still feels some pride over taking Havoc down. He was like twice my size at the time. I was probably 190. And this dude, he went a good 240, 250, and he had a reputation of being a, a really good boxer. You know, he could fight. And I just beat the living snot out of this character, you know, and everybody was like, oh, damn, like, Casper's for real. Like, he will fucking hurt you. Casper says that was the only time something like that happened. He was the only real challenge to my authority within SPS. You know, nobody ever tried to step up after that. In addition to disciplining people who got out of line, Casper continued recruiting as many people as he could. And during his involvement in the creativity movement, there was one person, a guy we'll call Will, who seemed like perfect material for SPS. Casper and the others were interested in recruiting him, but Will suddenly declared that he was going to convert to Judaism. And we're all like, what? Are you serious? And he's like, man, he's like, listen, do you know what kind of food they get to eat? And I'm like, what are you talking about? He was like, I was watching this thing on PBS about prisons, and this Jewish guy gets this fucking phenomenal food. So he converted to Judaism for a couple of years. This involved more than just checking a box on a prison form. Oh, yeah, he was studying, you know, the Torah and the Talmud. He had the rabbi coming to see him. He was getting all this, you know, different food in because it was part of his religious diet. So they had to let him have it. In order to keep up the ruse, though, Will would have to go all the way with his conversion. And eventually, he arrived at a point where he couldn't go any further. Apparently, he wasn't circumcised. 
and they were telling him to fully convert. He's got to get circumcised. And he was like, cool, we're done now. Sometime after that, someone told Casper they'd seen Will reading the white man's Bible, one of Ben Klassen's books. So Casper went to him and asked why he'd never approached Casper about joining SPS. And he goes, well, I know you guys. He was like, people don't approach you, you approach them. And I'm like, so would you be interested? And he's like, fuck yeah. I'm like, all right, cool. Consider yourself on, you know, on probationary period. And yeah, that, that was all it took. Casper didn't have to give Will any propaganda. Will was already reading it. I told him, you know, you ever got any questions about anything you're reading, let me know. And he was like, well, yeah, you know, this to me doesn't sound legit, whatever, you know, about, you know, biology and everything. Why is this guy talking about different animals, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like feeding it to him, you know, well, you know, that goes to show that even insects, they only mate with their own, you know. Therefore, white people should only mate with their own and all that fucking nonsense. It was precisely this kind of talk about biology and analogies between race and different species of animals that eventually led Casper to start having doubts. It took years, though. So probably around 2000, going into 2001, I started questioning this religion. It also took someone who was willing to challenge Casper's beliefs and provide him with evidence that they were wrong. This happened after Casper had been preaching creativity's pseudoscience to another inmate named Mike. And he came up to me one day and said, hey, man, you know, I kind of looked into your your religion there a little bit. I, I read some of this stuff and I'm like, yeah, what do you think, dude? You know, and he was like, that's just bogus. I'm like why why do you say that and he was like that's not how evolution works at biology none of that works like that that guy's full of shit and i'm like okay so prove it to me mike said he would and the next time they were in the yard together he brought casper two books one on biology and one on genetics and he was like if you got any problems reading them or understanding them all you got to do is ask i'll help you out to his credit Casper spent the next few days reading carefully through the biology book. And I had a lot of questions for him. I don't understand what the fuck this shit means in here. I can't find it in the dictionary. And he goes, I got a dictionary for you. It's a dictionary full of science terminology. Armed with this dictionary, Casper began looking up words as he read. So I start getting a better grasp on biology. Then I started looking at genetics. Gradually, his questions shifted from, what does this mean, to which one of these books is right? I started realizing this stuff, and I'm like, well, wait a minute, let me go back and look at these books from creativity now, because I don't think that's what they say. And I started reading it, and I'm like, okay, I'm understanding what he's saying in this book. Where's the citations, though? Because this biology book has all kinds of citations, Whereas these books in creativity, not so much. They're getting their citations just like all this other stuff I've been reading over the years. It's all coming from German scientists. It's all coming from people talking about eugenics, shit like that. Whereas these guys are like, yeah, no, that's not really how that works. We know better now based on this test, that test blah, blah, blah. 
So I started having my doubts. In addition to the bogus science, Casper started getting turned off by the hypocrisy he saw in the creativity movement. Another thing with creativity is they push this whole narrative. We don't advocate for violence of any kind. And then I think it was 2002, um, one of the high-ranking members of creativity uh, went on a shooting spree. The incident Casper's referring to actually happened in July of 1999. The gunman was a 21-year-old man who was close friends with Matthew Hale, the leader of the church at the time. I think he shot like nine people and either two or three of them died. Um, I can't really remember now, but he, he ended up dying in the end. I don't know if the cops killed him or if he committed suicide. Casper's memory is not too far off for something that happened over 20 years ago. In all, the man shot 11 people, two of whom died. He had been targeting Jewish, black, and Asian people. And while being chased by the police, he crashed his car and then shot himself. It was perhaps a year or two later that the church announced a plan to create a new holiday to honor the shooter. They decided they were going to create a special day called Martyr's Day for this person. And I'm like, hold on, wait a minute. You don't advocate for violence or anything like that. This guy just went on a random shooting spree and you're gonna give him his special Martyr's Day. Make that make sense. Casper voiced his disgust with this hypocrisy to the other church members he knew. And of course, people are like, oh, who are you to question the, the Pontifus Maximus? And I'm like, I don't give a fuck about his title. He's just another man like everybody else. As if to prove Casper's point, the Pontifex Maximus then got into a public dispute with another leader in the church, something that looked to Casper like a petty power struggle. And I'm like, listen, you two are supposed to be leading this church, building this thing so we can get all these different things going that Ben Klassen had talked about, and you two want to get in a pissing contest, really straighten this shit out. Because I'm going to tell you right now, if I win this appeal and get out of here and ever see either one of you in person, I'm going to slap the dog shit out of you. You'd think you're fucking tough. You ain't seen shit yet. You know, I got a fucking prison gang that's running better than your so-called religious organization. Despite this disillusionment, it was still a few more years before Casper finally left. I asked him why it took so long, and he told me that it was similar to the process of becoming an atheist. When you're, you're leaving religion, it's like you start to question, and then it just starts building up more and more until you get to a point where none of your questions have valid answers. For people who are truly dedicated, it can take a long time to reach that point. But the important thing is that Casper did finally reach it. I sat down one day and I, I was like, you know what? Just like you took a good long look at Christianity, take a good long look at this. And I started really digging in and looking for answers. And the answers I got were, that's wrong. This is wrong. That's wrong. That's a lie. Here's another lie. We're done. This was a huge step in Casper's journey. And just as he had written a letter to the Catholic Church all those years ago, he sat down and wrote similar letters to the people he knew in the creativity movement. And I contacted everybody I knew. 
know, in creativity and told them, hey, listen, I'm done with this shit. And I got away from that. But I was still a neo-Nazi skinhead. By now, however, even his neo-Nazi beliefs were beginning to crumble as well. And one of the main reasons was Mike and everything that his books had taught Casper about biology and race. The seeds of doubt had been sown. But still, one more thing was needed to get Casper to let go of white supremacy. We'll hear more about that next time on Hate No More. If you're enjoying this podcast, please take a moment right now, yes, now, to rate it, review it, and share it. To support us and get immediate ad-free access to all episodes, go to patreon.com slash hate no more or click on the link in the show notes. Hate No More was written and produced by me, Henry Rambo. Sound design was provided by Michael Parkhurst at Nostalgic Innovations. Special thanks to my wife and to Ryan, Allison, George, and, of course, Casper. Finally, there's more than enough outrage and hate in the world already. If you log onto social media at all today, instead of sharing what upsets you, do what you can to make kindness and empathy go viral. We all need to play a higher game. And with that, thank you for listening.